Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here, as always, with my friend Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon and the podcast, The Sub Beacon, which you can find on Patreon. We are your morning show for any hour, even happy hour, which is every hour for Vic. How's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. <laughs> Sometimes it does feel like that, and I'm doing fine. Over the weekend, it was a long anticipated date. I took my daughter to the mall. Oh, you know, we had gone on 1993. I like that. Well, she prefers me because I don't get as impatient as other people might in the house. So I just sort of roll with it. And I, I, I sort of already in my mind built in like, well, this day is gone. And everyone had gone traveling to different places this summer, except for my daughter. So I said, okay, well, let's take it. We'll we'll travel to the mall. And so, I mean, she had little, did I know the amount of planning that she did for this, which as she began to sort of list everything she needed to get or wanted to get and do at the mall, including starting the day with Starbucks in the morning. And you got to fuel up. You got to fuel up with that strawberry cream drink with the something something for white foam i said no drink should be that long in name but it's, i said to my it is pretty good though i've tried is, that one it was deli- i said it's like a junior fribble from friendlies <laughs> i i told that's all that's the only thing i can relate it to but i told my wife i said this is like more planning than d-day yeah it's just everything goes okay so what i didn't realize was how expensive clothes are for girls yeah man <laughs> like it's adding up and I'm, I'm keeping a tally and i'm just telling okay you're up to this amount now okay but this is like clothes for fall and all mm-hmm. i can think all i can think of is it's 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 this is the case for school uniforms oh my gosh yes with that we are saved on that front we That's also nice. in my house i'm quite spoiled because i had a friend who had two girls a couple years ahead of me and man she just handed off everything well, and i don't know nice. how I don't know how she kept it in such good shape, yeah. but it was yeah. all nice stuff. And I yeah. just oh, like, nice. I just, my cheapskate heart was so warmed by those <laughs> like six years of not buying clothes. I, I, I learned, I learned the term squirt. That's a thing. That's yeah. a thing. So it's like, okay, it's, it's their, it's their excuse to wear very short skirts. Cause yes. they'll say, well. It's actually a squirt. So it's I can actually a squirt. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Cause underneath it is these Daisy Dukes. That's great. <laughs> just, got just hot pants under them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel so much better now. Great. I did read that hot, pa- hot pants are coming back into style and I'm actually here for that. Not for my kids, but for me. Yeah. Great for me. Not for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've never been a fan of, of shopping really. It's oh, you're like, about, you're much like Kate then. She's, it's not, she's sort of very like utilitarian. If that's the right word, she's just in yeah. and out. Yes. Well, especially now that I have the internet, which I can search and say, this is the exact thing I want. I almost never go to a store with the exception of a thrift store, which is fun to browse in. You enjoy. I almost never go to a store without a guarantee that the thing I'm looking for is actually on the shelf because you can filter that way on the websites. And I'm like, why would I go unless I know it's there? Yeah. You're not there for browsing. You have a very clear objective. Yes. In mind. Um, It's like a surgical strike. Right. Which doesn't sound like me. I sound like a person who would go to the mall and just like wander around, but I really, I don't enjoy it. I don't. We did a lot of wandering. Yeah. We did a lot of, like, it's, it's <laughs> like, it, it, you know, it's, it's the turn. I, I've been reading this book on the history of the mall and it's sort of the turning point is when you're able to convince customers that 
you know, shopping is not a chore, but a right. recreation in itself. A no, I do. I do like to do, I do like to do one mall browsing trip at the height of Christmas. <laughs> like just one. Height? Oh. Yes, just one to see the sight. Oh, get me! Out I of like here. the animatronics. I want to yes, get a sure. I want to get a nice mocha or something with some peppermint <laughs> in it. Maybe take my kids to see Santa. Although I usually do that in North Carolina because it costs five dollars or it's free, as opposed to up here where you got to buy a fast pass ticket to oh get gosh. to Santa and yeah. it costs thirty five dollars. So I do that at home. Mary so I, do, Catherine, I like. I like. That there's a camaraderie yeah, in that. You are basically describing the 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 pretense for a hallmark movie aren't you <laughs> sort of like i only like to go to the mall during christmas time and phew, something crazy happens yes meet, there's always meet, something cosmic meet hometown love so it's always cosmic so yeah, yeah that's, okay. that's so when i go that. i'll go shopping like once once per christmas to and get it'll some be that that's yeah yeah, the yeah emergency items sure yeah how are you otherwise? I'm good. Yeah. My husband is out of town for the week. Oh my goodness. So it's a it's like a it's just ladies' night every night over here. <laughs> and I told my kids I got them a craft to do because the kids are home for summer and they're back from oh, camp. They had a blast at camp. They went oh, to good. such a they went to such an idyllic camp where they horseback rode and did archery and I mentioned the archery. They were in the pool all the time. They had a, they had just had a fantastic time. Learned all the camp songs. Is this also near your parents or in-laws? It's in North Carolina, but not not quite okay. as close as the other camp. So, and would you say that it's second camp, greater sign first camp? Yes, for sure. In fact, I think we will ditch the first camp next year and go just with oh, this one. Well, that sounds so. Anyway, they had a fantastic time. They were the kind of thing where like they were crying when they had to leave camp. I mean, it was a. That's it was a thing yes. when the camp ended. So they're back, which means they have to spend, spend time with their boring mom this week. And so we went and got a craft from Michael's and it's like a little embroidery craft. Here's here. We're living on the edge, Vic. Do you want to uh -huh. hear what we're doing? Yes. Now, if Steve listens to this, he's going to get triggered. We have a craft. Each kid has a little embroidery pattern and we're working on it with little different kinds of thread, all different colors. There are many parts to the craft and you know what in our house if you're doing a craft on the table upstairs yes and you do not finish it within your first sitting you are required to to pack it up <laughs> put it back where it belongs and i already you, know where i know where this is going <laughs> if you want to use it again if you want to go back to it you have to pull it out and do it again now my brain does not allow for this okay the thing is not getting done unless i can see it sitting out so we take advantage of the fact that Steve does not live in this house this week. Oh and I gosh. say, girls, here's what we're doing. The crafts are staying on this table all week until you finish them. <laughs> wow. And you can come back to them anytime you want. So if, uh, if Steve happened to be like, oh, you know, my, my trip got cut short early and walked in, it would look like the big dig. Like everything yeah, is laid really, out for months. This years. Really, the, the standard to which we adhere in general life is so high that you would see this and be like, oh, that's not a problem. It, yes. <laughs> but to in our house, yeah. it's, a, it's an issue. So we had a, we actually had a problem with this at the beginning of the pandemic because I was homeschooling downstairs and Steve was working upstairs. And normally when he comes home from work, we have time to clean up all our messes before he comes home. Right. Yes. But 
in the time of the pandemic, he's just coming down the stairs and we're like, well, we can't clean before you no. get back down here. It's a very short commute. <laughs> so we have to warn him, like, you know, a couple times per day, if you see a mess, it will be cleaned up. Yes. No, this is, this is, this is like, well, you know, when he's coming back, so you're going to have to do a, at the very last moment, a real massive scramble, like the end of risky business. Yes. Or, or I mean, weird science. It won't be quite, it won't be quite weird. Science level. <laughs> everything all together. Yeah. <laughs> With my destroyed house and my yes. okay. strange women. <laughs> anyway. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling very wild this week. Crazy. So hold on, before we move on to the news, you mentioned this is embroidery. So yes. is this like, does that, what does that mean? Knitting, crochet? So it's oh. called punch needle. Oh, is that like hook and latch? Is like hook yeah, and so latch? it sort of makes those like rug-like <laughs> yes. sort of 70s kitschy designs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fairly simple for kids because you don't have to really pay attention to where you're, where you're putting the stitches as much as you would with yeah. cross stitch or something. So we're giving it a try. I would not say that we're super successful right now, but I told the girls it's our first time trying that. That this is fine. This is good. No, it's an exercise. There's a there's an what is it TikTok sound that's like a little song that says sucking at something is the first step in being kind of good at something. Well, there you go. <laughs> yes. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. Anyway, you know what, Vic? Yeah. I hear there's some news to talk about. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. There ever. It, it this broke shortly after our we taped our last episode. Yeah, listeners were like left, I think, wanting, like, wait You're a like, minute. Like, wait a second. No, we did not comment on the Dobbs case coming out of the Supreme Court, which is the overturning yeah. of longstanding Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood, because we taped before that came out. <laughs> so that's why. That's why. this is our first chance. I have read some of the decision. Mm -hmm. I am not a great legal mind, but the great thing about Supreme Court justices is that they are generally very clear writers. Yes. That's one of their gifts. That's why they're on the court. So I enjoy reading the actual decisions and I would encourage very well written everyone to do so. If you're, especially if you're very worked up about the results of a decision, it's always good to go to the source material just as a, a way to bar it, it, it protects you from misinformation it's good to have it in your back pocket mm -hmm. no matter which side you're on. Mm -hmm. Do you get the sense, Mary Catherine, that a lot of people who are reacting to this decision have read the opinions? No, but I don't even <laughs> I don't even think that that is that's obviously not necessary to comment. I just think it's helpful. Yeah, there is a lot of. I, there's just a lot of ignorance about what the law was, yes. what this entails what the law is around the world on this subject. So let's start with, this is about a Mississippi law. That's what, that was in, that's, that's what's in question in Dobbs. Right. In this case, a Mississippi law that prevented abortions past 15 weeks. Now the abortion provider in this case sued the state of Mississippi saying that does not line up with Roe and Casey because Roe and Casey set the basically said you can't regulate this in the states before viability, which is a sort of moving target, but around 24 ish weeks. Yeah. So you can't make laws prohibiting anything before 24 weeks, or it gets very tricky doing that, according to Roe. And now that was a federal rule mm -hmm. based on what Roe said was a 
constitutional right that they found in the text yeah. or sort of in in part of a right to privacy that this could be a federal rule that they would then pass down that prevented states from regulating under that 24-ish week mark. that's right and it allowed many states to well wiped out a bunch of state laws about abortion when it happened in 1973 it allowed many states to allow abortion up until the moment of birth through 40 weeks and many many american states allow that yeah now so that's where this started. The week's numbers are important because I think a lot of people, you're noticing a lot of people didn't realize that a lot of American states allow abortion sort of elective for oh, pretty sure. much whatever reason until 40 weeks. That doesn't mean that it's common. No. But it is under the law fine in many places. Right. Colorado, New York have very liberal laws. Yes. Super liberal laws. California. Now, this decision, Dobbs, overturns Roe and Casey and says... Well, I'll just read it. Held, Please. the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. So it's back to yeah. the states, which means that you will have different rules in different places. Now, certain states that are more conservative on this were allow will be allowed to regulate under that 24-week mark. These sort of consensus place that a lot of Americans are okay with is a is about in that 15 week yes. range. Roe prevented many states from coming to that consensus position and regulating in that area. Right. So this actually is, I mean people say like oh it's it's democracy is dying. Well this puts it back into democratic hands. It's the actual hard work that a lot of politicians and other critics did not want to have to do, right? They could say, well, I really have very strong feelings, but really what difference is the, the, the court can make that decision for me in terms of dictating policy. And basically, again, this goes back to the whole legislating from the bench problem. And they're like, this is not our problem. This is something for states to decide. And a movement against access to abortion for women grew up, flourished around a single target. And what was that target? It was nine unelected ju judges decide this question for the nation. It should be decided by the people's elected representatives, mm -hmm. by the members of the state legislature. Mm -hmm. So the, the backlash I think there might have been a backlash in any case, but I think it took on steam mm -hmm. because Roe v. Wade, unelected Supreme Court judges, that was the problem. And I think if, if we had gone first to the Texas law and then to another law that had restrictions you could knock out, mm -hmm. it might have had a different... I compared it to no-fault divorce. In, in, within 10 years, that whole fight was over. It started out in this state, New York. The only ground for divorce was adultery. Right. And 10 years later, no fault was, was well accepted. Mm. Mm. Um, to, I think of what we were doing is 
in the 70s, we were having a dialogue with the legislature. So the court made a decision and then the legislature changed the laws. Mm -hmm. And again, that's the heavy lifting that now politicians suddenly have to do and take a stand on. Well, and, and the other side of that coin is that some of them passed laws thinking this would never come to pass. So oh, there, it's, are, it's some very, there are some very conservative trigger laws that were passed. Uh, yes. Some, some have said, now I can't fact check the motivations of each of these legislatures, sure. but some have said that this is sort of, you know, we're going to pass this to put this marker down, but we don't actually think Roe is, is going to be overturned. So we don't have to answer for actually having passed this law. We get the political benefits without having to deal with that part right. of it. Well, now they have to deal with that part of it, as do obviously pro-choice proponents who want more expansive coverage sure. or liberties in various states that are going to be more conservative. Another perspective marker, just to have it out there. Right. The Mississippi law at 15 weeks, you, you notice Man, Manuel, Emmanuel Macron, Macron, Macron. Macron was chiming in. Oh, sure. And I, I just, I don't know if like, like many people, he thought that overturning Roe means a, ban. a the ban. federal ban on yes. abortion. It that's does it. not. It's over now. It does it's not gone. mean that. But a lot of people think it does. And that's partly because the media has told them that for a very long time. Yeah. The New York Times actually messed this up in a piece just yesterday. It's amazing. It does not equal a federal ban. However, I think Macron might have thought it did because he spoke up about it critically. His nation has a 14-week limit on abortions, which just changed, by the way, this year mm -hmm. from 12. From 12. 90% of Europe has more conservative abortion yeah. rules than sort of the federal Roe era. Well, rule. The, again, and then Mississippi, because yeah. Mississippi then, is yeah, right. Weeks. Then Mississippi. So it's like... And, and people are all up in arms about this and saying that, oh, we're going to Europe. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good luck when you find out what their abortion rules are like. No, I was I would suggest you Google before you go. The UK, the UK and Canada are more liberal. Yeah. But even then, UK, I believe, is 24 weeks. And then after yeah. that, it's pretty, yeah. pretty sparse. But even the Netherlands, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Has, has limits similar to 15. Yeah. The Democratic hey, Socialist countries. That, but certainly are, Germany, sir, obviously Italy. France, Spain. Yeah. You know. So good, good things to know, <laughs> just, just as a baseline for these discussions. There's also, I am, I am cognizant of people's joy on one side and trepidation on the other side. I am like, I'm a pro-life person who has become more pro-life since I've had children. I became pro-life when I was fairly young before I was a Christian, mm -hmm. because it just didn't logically make sense to me right. that the the wanting or not wanting of the human changed the worth of the human that yes to me logically that made no sense so i was pretty cagey about it as a young person but i have never i didn't come into the conservative movement as a pro-life activist i came in as a as an economic conservative right and so those are the things that hands always, off hands right. off mike <laughs> those are the things that life. have always yeah. animated me yeah. and so i haven't been like a a big activist in this area, although I know and love many of them and agree sure. with their positions. In fact, sometimes I've thought, should I be more of one? I don't, mm -hmm. I, it just hasn't been mm -hmm. my thing. But I do think there's a, a lack of understanding from the pro-choice side that the reason 
that so, so many people in good faith are pro-life is because they believe this is a liberty issue, not just for the woman, but for a life that is human, that is growing in the womb. Yeah. And that you can't just wantonly disregard the value of that human. And so it's not, I, I understand the liberty arguments on the other side, but this is also a liberty argument. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think what struck me really is the the visceral reactions against the Dobbs decision over this this past week have been really quite something. But it's interesting because you're seeing these big riots happening, trying to shut down the highways in California, for example. But they're all happening in states where nothing is going to change post-Dobbs. If regarding... anything, it might get, might get more liberal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sort of protests. Yeah, exactly. Again, because these other laws were in place, if Roe were to end and, 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 and extending how long you have to make that decision. So I found that very disturbing. Also, companies that are now wanting to help people get abortions as a result. Oh, if you, right. you know, we, if you can't travel outside of Mississippi or wherever you are to, and you need an abortion, Dick's Sporting Goods will help you, you know? Right, and right. So, well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big win for corporate bros because oh. they get liberal corporate bros get a nice pat on the back for being feminists. Yeah. They pay much less money than they would in maternity leave or, or benefits or parental leave. Yeah. And so, you know, they sort of escape that part of it while paying a small fee. Yeah. So, well, let me play a little clip, just a, a sort of characteristic of mm -hmm. the, this is on The View. And The View is for their 25th anniversary, they took a trip to the Bahamas. They might and not it, come back. It's this one well, is this like beautiful setting. And they're like, it's a bit of a jarring transition from they're all wearing tropical clothes. They're on this. Yeah. festive vacation you, don't really, you, you equate bahamas with vacation so well and just the the juxtaposition of that with the conversation they're having it's like please enjoy this steel drum band as much as we enjoy the sh the steel shackles imposed upon us by the so i'll give you just a little oh, i mean boy. it's a hard it's a hard transition to make. Anybody else's decision. I mean, and, and i want to make things very clear i'm very pro-life i've never been anti-life I want people to have the lives they want, but I don't want to force anybody. I don't want anybody coming in my house telling me how to raise my daughter and what she needs because they don't know. These and I and I appreciate everybody's religion, but I do not subscribe to your religion. I don't ask you to subscribe yeah. to mine and you do not have the right based on your religious beliefs to tell me, because what's next, as Clarence Thomas is signaling, mm -hmm. they would like to get rid of contraception. Mm -hmm. Do you understand, sir? No, because you don't that's have crazy. to use it. But that's crazy. They don't have to use well, it. That is on insane. The menu now. Contraception's on the menu. Gay marriage is, well, is now hope probably that, going to be overturned. Affirmative action is We no were more. not in the Constitution either. Well, we were not even people he is in saying the Constitution. Nothing is pressing what, anymore. Well, but, you but, better but hope Clarence, that they don't come for you, Clarence, and say you should not be married to your wife oh. who happens to be white, because they will move back. And you better hope That's that nobody it. says, you know, well, you're not in the Constitution. You're back to being a quarter we're of a back person. Because that's not going to work either. You know, we'll what? be right back. Oh, all right, sorry. sorry. Hey, I'll, I'll have I'll have another rum runner while I'm at it. Thank you. I'll have another Bahama mama. 
Thank you. I believe I believe she also suggests that they would bring back slavery. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I understand that emotions are high. Neil Katyal says that they're gonna, you know, probably ban Tylenol. That's yeah. a possibility. Uh, again, I understand that emotions are high. One of my pet peeves about the news commentary industry is that no one few people are looking to inform you in these emotional moments and i don't think that this is particularly informative and clarence thomas did write about these other cases and i think there is some question as to whether the constitutional argument they use here mm-hmm. for roe would apply to those other cases but you would also have to have a constituency for changing things like interracial marriage and gay marriage and no. like and contraception protections. And there's there's I mean, the, the support for interracial marriage, which, by the way, Clarence is Clarence Thomas is in one. Yeah, is like ninety four percent. Ninety four percent. Six percent. I also find it's I also find it sort of weird that we're jumping immediately to other things instead of yeah. dealing with the thing. That is well, that's the thing because they want their perspective. Well, I think it's right because now. they want to bring them into their side of the argument. So you might be on the sidelines now, but hey, this can affect you too. So it's time for you to rally and and get involved. It's really interesting. I was listening to Abe Greenwald recently on commentary, and he had made the observation that, you know, the reactions to this seem we I think some of us were expecting this to be really, really bad over the weekend. And it was less so. Certainly, they did not storm, you know, the gates of the justices' walls and, right. and burn everything to the ground. And Abe's observation is that because all of these various constituencies have been completely emotionally exhausted, devoting all of their energies to other woke issues. Well, other, I mean, you know, it is, so suddenly they've been doing this again. Yeah. They've been binging January sixth, yeah, trials and or you know whatever hearings, and then no, it is it is. The the lifestyle of being an activist on the left does require just a a massive amount of emotional input. Twenty four seven rage. There's a here's a here's a feel good story of the day. It's actually not. I don't want anybody attacked, but I enjoy this this goofball. Portland Antifa accidentally attacked a parenthood center that's not anti-abortion. <laughs> Guys, just do the Google search first. There have been attacks on pro life pregnancy centers. It's and- extremely dark. Yes, and it's getting very little media attention. Yeah. By the way, those those pregnancy centers belie the idea that pro-lifers do not care about babies That's right. or moms who are in this situation. In fact, they put a lot of resources and funding and volunteer time into taking care of folks to give them an option. And there are, I am I don't want to be flippant about risks to mm-hmm. women and the fact that this is hard stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is something that pro-lifers engage with on a regular basis. But, you know, if they decide to destroy all the pregnancy crisis centers, then they're going to say that there's nowhere to go. See, we told you now you have to go to the clinic. But <laughs> I know, we, again, we talked about this, I think, on the a couple episodes ago. And it's really this, this culture of death, right? As Pope John Paul II had once described, they're so driven by, by this that they actually want to destroy places that help pregnant women. Yeah, that other seems words, like a mistake. That seems, seems like, like a mistake, mistake because I don't want you to have this baby. You must get the abortion. And that's really dark. And, yeah. and, and so, I mean, that that's where a lot of these people are. And the other thing I would say is just there are modes of, of, uh, of pushing back against Dobbs. It's tantrum-like because now they've just resorted to saying things like Maxine Waters, the congresswoman, 
from California saying we're just not going to we're, we're going to ignore the court or, AO, yeah, I, or AOC I, I, saying we should impeach the justices for lying yeah. about precedent, even though no justice promised to uphold. Yeah. Also, oh. all these all these are bad ideas from the former like norms and institutions are yeah, super abs- by the way i just want to know and i'm not going to like i'm not going to drill down on this there's hypocrisy on both sides obviously on this on this issue sometimes but the hard pivot from those who were not one bit interested in bodily mm-hmm. autonomy for two years yeah like here's a, a oh, regarding idea. vaccines yeah oh, here's robert yes. reich here's, here's robert reich in 2021 Let's get one thing straight. Freedom doesn't mean you have the right to recklessly endanger others by refusing to get vaccinated. Robert Reich, 2022. I don't know who needs to hear this, but every person should have control over their own body. <laughs> so like, it's a little, it's a little hard for me to, yeah. to get down with. Well, you see the difference, those folks, the difference if I were mm-hmm. Reich is that on the one hand, you're endangering other people. And on the other hand, you're just endangering the unborn. Right, right. Well, on, on one hand, see. there's a chance you could breathe on somebody at Safeway and a bad outcome could occur, yeah. but it's guaranteed with abortion. So, <laughs> so yeah, look, I just, by the way, I just, I got, and again, all these fundraising emails from Democrats and I got one the other day from Adam Schiff saying we need to pack the court. So we're back to packing the court. Also, the court is illegitimate no, and also impeach the justices. That's the approach. Yes. I also enjoyed this take from Kamala as charter members of the Kamala Harris fan yes. club. Let's 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 give it to her on this this salient point. We think about it. Everyone has something at risk on this. First of all, if you are a parent of sons, do think about what this means for the life of your son and what that will mean in terms of the choices he will have. Okay, so I don't think it's the most salient argument for wide abortion availability that your sons should be able to yeah. work with abandon. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the strongest argument. And there, there is this strain well, of folks. Yes. I said what I said. I said, yeah, I said, I didn't realize this podcast took place in 1982. So, it's a lovely verb. Yes. But I just, there's a strain also of, of pro-choice activists who say, well, what do you want to do? Make men take responsibility for babies that they create like while they're in the womb? And most people are like, yeah, well, yes, yes. yes. I mean, that's the part, well, that's the biggest problem. Like financial responsibility, physical responsibility. Yes, all, Absent those, all those things. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, and then last, I did want to play this because there's a lot of, um, speaking of being uninformed versus informed, there is a lot of there are a lot of memes going around. I joke that the, the memes are getting dumber every day, including they are one of the Statue of Liberty with her middle oh, finger up oh, going back to France, man. where again, oh. France's laws are more restrictive than Mississippi than like almost every state in this union until last week, including Mississippi. So I'm not sure what the Statue of Liberty is going to do over there. Anyway, so here, one of the one of the sort of strains of misinformation is about treatment for ectopic pregnancies Mm -hmm. or septic uterus situations in which a baby dies, fetus fetus dies at some point during the pregnancy, a miscarriage that doesn't fully exit the body, and you do have to do a procedure Mm -hmm. to fix that. Right. That's right. Now, under the laws in many conservative states, 
nothing about this is outlawed because abortion is a live fetus, not again, right. not not one in which it cannot survive. Now, I also want to be wary of the fact that governments can do bad things and that they can interpret things badly and unintended consequences can happen. But in general, these things are available to you, even in very conservative states. And you should avail yourselves of these services. I am worried that people are going to be like, well, now I can't go to the doctor for this. And you should go to the doctor for that. So here's a here's a doctor saying just that. My name is Dr. Christina Francis, and I'm a board-certified OBGYN. And despite having just finished 24 hours at the hospital taking care of moms and their babies, I felt like I needed to get on here to clear something up. Treating ectopic pregnancies or miscarriages or other life-threatening conditions in pregnancy is not the same thing as an abortion. This is very important to clear up because I know that many women out there are feeling fearful today that they might not be able to receive life-saving care if they need it. As a pro-life OBGYN who's practiced my entire career in hospitals that did not do abortions, I have never been prevented from being able to provide excellent health care to my patients and take care of these kind of conditions in pregnancy. And that's because the only intent of an abortion is to produce a dead baby. That's not the intent when we intervene to save a woman's life if she has a ruptured ectopic pregnancy or she's going through a miscarriage. Again, my heart is breaking that women are being made to feel fearful by the misinformation that's out there. Instead, women deserve to be empowered with information and they and their children deserve to receive excellent health care. And that's what we're trying to do and we'll be able to continue to do regardless of what each individual state does with the abortion laws. So I, I just appreciate like, Absolutely. let's just do let's run through the actual facts before we do the emotional. There part, is which I understand. So much, is there, there is so much misinformation out there and. If it's, it's coming weird. from the, Twitter, Twitter, it's, I was going to say, it. if it's coming from the left, it tends to linger there longer. Yesterday, and it was from a few days prior to that, some guy tweeted out, can we, can someone, can someone assassinate Clarence Thomas? And the tweet stayed up. I don't know about today, but I checked yesterday it was still up. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's already been one assassination attempt. Oh, that was, that doesn't count. That was 20 he days was a, ago. He was just an unstable person, by the way. Doesn't yeah. Care. Okay. So to close this up, because I, I, I want to do a, I know this is, a, this is a tough issue and many of our listeners agree with us yeah. on the issue, but I'm sure many don't. Mm -hmm. And I think as a person who is wary of how the government makes laws and how they implement them, I respect the idea that you would be concerned, very concerned about that in certain places. And th But this is necessarily a debate to be had in states at this point by democratic institutions yeah and that is the way that this will be fought now i want to close with by reading a little bit from a new york times op-ed by michelle goldberg who definitely does not agree with us on this but she and i joining together on some of this messaging is our you love to hear it for today she she writes about now her her headline is lessons from the terrible triumph of the anti-abortion movement Nonetheless, I agree with several of her takes here. She was talking about a, a documentary called Battleground, and she said Cynthia that, that documents some of the pro-life movement. And it's about sort of the shift from older methods of anti-abortion tactics, more sort of in front of the abortion clinic and more graphic details mm -hmm. about abortions sure. and that kind of thing, to a more sort of savvy, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. political messaging that wins hearts and minds. Said Cynthia Lowen, the director of Battleground, told me she was struck by the activist strategy. This was pro-life strategy, pro-life activist strategy to get into environments and places online and offline where young, typically pro-choice people are and try to, quote, create doubts about their position. This is quite different, Michelle says, from what I've seen in the pro-choice movement where activists frequently act as if those who don't agree with them on everything aren't worth engaging with. Last week, Nayral tweeted, quote, if your feminism doesn't understand how anti-trans policies disproportionately impact BIPOC folks, particularly Black trans women and girls, it's not feminism, end quote. In the aftermath of the anti-abortion movement's catastrophic victory, it's worth asking what we can learn from their tactics. So this is me speaking. So the yeah. tactic is convince people. That's the tactic. That 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 Nayral quote, you'll have to translate that for me. I will. I'm not sure. I, I go back to you're mentioning Van Jones saying, who talks like this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and exactly. And it it the much of the online left, and and Goldberg has written about this before, particularly yeah. in feminist spaces, is about sort of just like constantly calling each other out and not yeah. attempting sort of excluding excluding people from the discussion instead of bringing people in. Goldberg also notes that part of what laid the groundwork for this was the giant losses on a state level suffered by Democrats in the 2010 Republican wave, which changed legislatures controlled by Democrats from 27 to 16. Mm -hmm. Governorships were also part of that. And redistricting since then, of course, because the party in power does that, has has solidified those wins. So I just, I appreciate that she's giving a nod yeah. to the, now she makes it sound more sinister, but the, the tactic again is to win hearts and minds by engaging with people. Right. You want to, people, I mean, the best thing that could happen is the person on her own, she decides that this is not something for her to do rather than saying, I cannot do it. Right. You know, I mean, she notes in, in some spaces, you know, you, people would invite pro-choice friends to pro-life engagements and the movement welcomed them and the experience of activism converted them. I fear that some abortion rights activists are learning the wrong lessons from their enemies' triumph, taking inspiration from the most confrontational anti-abortion mm -hmm. anti forces. She notes the string of arsons at yeah. pregnancy centers and the, the mentioning of Justice Amy Coney Barrett's children and how these are echoes of really, really bad actors on the other side. Which are very real, particularly right. in the in the like maybe maybe twenty thirty years ago more often. Sure. <clears throat> Besides being immoral, these tactics suggest a misunderstanding of how the anti-abortion movement got to this point. So yes, less of that, more attempting to convince people, which will be necessary on either side in all of these state fights. Good luck with that, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's worth mentioning because that's that's what we offer here on this podcast is hope. But look, the, the, the bottom line for me is that you got, yes, I think in many pro-life activists have said this, you got to start filling the gaps, right? You yeah. got to, you got to get in and you got to be more helpful than ever in these pro-life centers and with, uh, yeah. with in some cases, state resources for making sure that people can be in a position to raise children right. or I don't know what we can do about making adoption more simple, right? I, good. Yeah, definitely. I, I, that's, that's the other thing is, you know, for people in, in, in the pro-life movement, this is not like, okay, now we can just rest on our laurels and we're done now, mission accomplished. No, the work actually begins now. What are you doing to help with all these people in these places like, you know, pregnancy crisis centers and adoption, you know, every little bit helps because 
we'll wait. We'll just have to wait and see how this all plays out. But that all matters. But bottom line, like I believe that the human inside a woman also has a right to protections, and that is yeah. that is the tricky, yeah. always thorny issue that we are dealing with. But that person matter, and we will see where we go from here. I've, I've been a little surprised that even though they had a six week preview that this was coming, that there wasn't really a plan. Oh, uh, a plan of attack, if you yeah, will. Just like the the, yeah. the White House is like, I don't know, maybe we'll put Kamala in charge. Maybe we'll put Hillary. Oh, that's in a great idea. Well, yeah, I know, but <laughs> there's there's buzz about Hillary sort of leading the charge on this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that, that's that was a lot, but there's a lot to be said. But this was a big deal. It was a big a, big news, and we're making it up to our listeners because we deprived them really. We did not last episode. Them, we didn't give them an emergency episode. No, 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 no. We don't. And there's still there's a few other things I think we wanted to talk about in a little bit of time remaining. Yes. I mean, yes. Have, so we wanted to touch on briefly. Well, let's talk about whether this, whether this changes the political calculus. Yes. The calculus. The fall, because you know we are in a situation right now where up until now the. The red wave has basically been a foregone conclusion. It's just yeah. a question of how large that is. Right. Now, this decision could certainly anti- animate Democratic voters who might not otherwise have turned out. Now, I don't think it's making a ton of people switch because the most ardent pro-choice folks are going to be Democratic voters. Yeah, um, in mostly would, Democratic states. And likely would have been anyway. Yeah. But you could see some more activism, I think. Whether that changes the situation is a That's real right. open question. That's right. But there's a CBS poll that showed by a 30-point margin, Democrats report that the Dobbs decision makes them more likely to vote in the 2022 midterms than it changed for Republicans, which, you know, it makes sense that it wouldn't change for Republicans that much. Right. So that that is one thing. But on the other hand... <laughs> We have, and this is also CBS News reporting, troubling signs for Democrats, party switchers trending strongly Republican, especially in suburbs. More than 1 million voters across 43 states have switched to the Republican Party over the last year, according to voter registration data analyzed by the Associated Press. The previously unreported number reflects a phenomenon that is playing out in virtually every region of the country, Democratic and Republican states, along with cities and small towns in the period since Joe Biden replaced former President Donald Trump. That's right. So even uh, if there's yeah. a even if there's a spike for Democrats, it's at war with this trend. Yes. And so we're talking about a million swing voters, you know, independents. That is a very big deal. Of course, as you mentioned, I mean, this happened. It's, this happened over the course of the year and prior to Dobbs. Right. Yes. And so now the, the Democrats are getting very excited. And, and it, there was also a morning consult poll, for example, that showed just now that the congressional, the generic congressional ballot has shifted back towards the Democrats by like plus one or whatever it is. Oh, could this be a sign that, you know, people in the middle feel that the pendulum has swung it now too far to the right. right, even though we're still in the middle of a government that is fully controlled yes, by the Democratic Party, but feeling they, oh, because of what's happening in the Supreme Court, maybe we're not going to vote th- uh, that way. But I wouldn't, get ahead of myself on that one. I just got an email again, these great fundraising emails. This other one was saying that Beto O'Rourke is making great progress against Governor Abbott in Texas. I wouldn't hold was my breath an, on that. Was one. that an email from Beto himself? Was that? Yes. Yes. And, and, and the funny thing is the subject header was Beto O'Rourke upset. And I thought it meant that he was unhappy, yes. but of course what they mean was so, in Texas. So I actually, I overestimated 
the effect that I thought the Texas six week. Oh, mark, sure. Which is actually for forgotten. That's ancient history. Right. Which for me is a bit like I, it's a bit conservative for me because I think at that sure. at that stage of the pregnancy, just adjudicating all of that can be very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that would make more difference in the Virginia governor's race. It was a big national story. It was a very early limit. It was sort of a preview of this. It and it it was the kind of thing that would affect exactly the kind of suburban women voters that Yunkin had been pulling into the coalition. Yeah, right. That's right. But it did not change the game on the ground in Virginia. I would note also that both Virgin, Virginia and Florida are now both talking about a 15 week limit. Yep. That is, I think, smartly in line with what a lot of people and a majority of women Might be comfortable. are comfortable with. That's right. When it comes to making restrictions, when Glenn Youngkin is suggesting that he's not just serving a base, he's he's hitting a mark mm -hmm. with which many of those switching voters are comfortable. That's right. My sense is that Youngkin's. I think he's going to have to wait till January because the assembly is still split, and I don't think he'll get it through the Senate. But but yeah, I, I saw that as well. He's not backing down now. There's certain other states with Republican governors who say they have no plans to have any new restrictions on abortion. Governor Hogan in Maryland or uh, Sununu in New Hampshire. But again, it is state by state, but that's the whole point. It's back to the states to make these decisions. They can decide. My sense regarding is there going to be a potential swing or how does this affect November is what's really going to still be with us, I think, is inflation. Yeah. And that's going to continue to be on people's minds and gas prices, even though it's, it's ticking down a little bit. But still, it's it, to be excited about 475 gas is still kind of depressing. But, you know, again, it's, it's this tailspin. And there is no actual solution for the, the Democrats have to focus everyone's attention and right. their voters' attention on Dobbs because they don't actually have any good answers anymore with the economy. They have to hope that, you know, if the Fed well, raises interest rates. The answer, the yes. answer improbably in, in California, just enjoy this for anybody who's economically literate, the answer in California right now is they're sending out inflation relief checks. Oh, yeah. Put more money in. That's how you stop inflation, <laughs> by pumping more money into the economy. I don't know if you know that even with my C average in econ, I can tell you, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> but that's all they got. But again, if, if the Fed continues to raise interest rates, then we'll probably go into a recession. And it keeps inflation sort of steady and hopefully brings it down, but at a terrible cost. So it's either one or the other. And so, hey, everybody, let's just keep on thinking about Dobbs. Yeah. Oh, one more thought. I thought Megan yes. McArdle put this well. She's a Washington Post writer. And she said that in the end, she thinks that returning this debate and discussion to the states will be a more healthy outcome for our democracy. But in the interim and in the short term, it's going to be really painful and emotional. And I think yeah. that's, that's sure. where we are. Like, it's, it's just, it's going to be a lot. But I do think, and I think she's probably more pro-choice than I am, but I think returning it to the states, this, this is a return to a more democratic process for dealing with this very tricky issue. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, gosh, we've talked a lot, haven't we? We did. This was, well, okay. yeah, this was a mega episode. Okay, wait. I got I, We got to do two quick things before we go. Because we'll close it out with something a little, a little bit Uplifting. more lengthy. Yes, please. So this one, I enjoyed this one from Mayor Eric Adams in New York. 
Mayor Eric Adams had no idea how rotten the Big Apple was at its core before taking office, telling the New York Post he was shocked to learn just how bad this place is. During an exclusive interview conducted as Adams rode the subways overnight for more than three hours last week, the former NYPD transit cop said he was astounded by the botched deployment of resources that has New Yorkers on edge amid a nearly 40% surge in major crimes this year. Let me tell you something, he said. When I started looking into this, I was shocked at how bad this place is. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. I don't know how I feel about the mayor of, uh, of New York, you know, being, you know, just realizing this. Yeah. But at the same time, refreshingly candid in a horrible way. Yeah, I know. Like, I, hey. I'm, I'm sort of like, should I be goofing on it? Because right. I'd like people to admit when they. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that under it's under his watch now. Right. And yeah. it's, it's such a, it, it is, but it's such a shame that he's coming to this conclusion now. I don't have any confidence that he has any solutions to make things better. I was talking with my colleague, Brent Scher at the beacon, who is also a, a New Yorker. And we were talking about what we thought were the best days of New York city. And we both agreed it was the nineties from the time Giuliani had become mayor till about the end of Bloomberg's first term. Right. And those before were the, the gulps. big gulps were gone. Yeah. Before the big gulps and the city was clean and it was yeah. safe and you could, you know what? I mean, everyone wanted to live in New York. It was thriving and eventually being known as the safest big city became a bad thing. Then they got rid of stop and frisk or the, uh, the undercover units. And then you saw the crime go up. So here we are. Here we are. Well, now he knows. Broken windows. He can get started. Lastly, barbecue week is upon us. It's 4th of of July time. Absolutely. What do you Um, like to barbecue? Well, so I actually, we have a very gendered breakdown in our house where I do the inside cooking and Steve does the grilling. It's the same in our house. <laughs> so he's, he's a pretty good griller and we just, well, I mean, just do like burgers and stuff. He likes, yeah. he likes to smoke burgers. So a friend of his, like, so it has a little. You have a smoker? Smoke. Mm-hmm, we have a smoker. Oh, that's nice. So we do some smoked burgers, but I, I regret to inform you, Vic, and I do, I want to hear about what you're making too. Remember last year when the, the Biden administration told us that we were saving 16 cents on, yes, our, of course. on our cookouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this year, the story's different. If you're planning a 4th of July barbecue, be prepared to dig deeper into your wallet. A new study from Political Calculations blog found that the cost of the traditional July 4th cookout, including everything from hamburgers and buns to ice cream and homemade potato salad, has increased 20.9% to 71.98 in the past year. And that's not including alcohol. The blog based its calculations using 2021 data from the American Farm Bureau Federation. There are other estimates that are around the same. Yeah, staples uh, gro- across the board. Groceries have no doubt skyrocketed. I loved grilling, the, you know, the quest to grill the perfect steak. Because every time you grill a steak, it's, it's, it's an adventure. And it requires, at least for me, a lot of my attention making sure the meat has been out for a couple hours to get room temperature and then only season at the end because if you put the salt too early, it tends to dry it out. All these different little tricks of the trade. But now steak is about $30 a pound in some places. So good luck with that. Yeah, good good luck with that unless you're going to, you know, just everyone gets a little bite. No, I was going to give, I was like, Steve, do you want like a a nice steak for Father's Day? And it's like, you might as well just go to Ruth's Chris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So my, my recommendation is actually get a skirt steak uh, it's, it's, it's like half the cost yeah. of regular steak per pound. 
and you marinate it. I like to marinate mine in uh, uh, soy sauce and lime and garlic and a little bit of ginger powder. It's a party. And then you lay it out and it is so juicy and tender at medium rare. You don't have to resort to the London, uh, London broil, which is uh, probably the cheapest cut you can get, but it's a lot of work. It yep. is a lot of work to chew. It's a lot. I can't eat that anymore. Not in my tender state. So get, get the skirt you steak. Need some, you need something softer, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that's, that's my, that's my recommendation, but I hope everybody does have a happy for, oh, we yeah. have another episode before this, but you know, it is. Yeah, I am going to make deviled eggs because every cookout needs oh, deviled eggs. That's also very Southern of you. I know. Isn't it? I think they're great. Yeah. Deviled eggs are pretty Southern. That's like a every church picnic has a deviled egg. I, and you have I, as a Southern woman, I have a specific deviled egg tray that has little, oh, yes. half little ovals. indentions in it. Yes. Are, do you what's the etiquette on that? Are you supposed to have like a half, uh, eat it in two bites or can you just pop the whole thing in? I, I pop the whole thing in, but oh, all right, all right. many take two bites. Okay. I'm not, I would I would not say that I'm the most civilized of people. So well, you know, look who you're talking to. So it does not help. Okay. Our listeners are not getting much help on this one. Two animals on the show here. Okay. I want to give a special call out, by the way. Yes. To, uh, friend of the show, Brett Schultheis out in Evansville, Indiana, longtime listener. By the way, you got insurance needs, go to Schultheis Insurance, serving the tri-state area for 65 years. I don't think the tri-state area, by the way, is New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So no, if, you're, if, if you're an offender bender in Bridgeport. Don't call Brett Schultheis. Okay. Okay. Thank, thank you for listening and tell your friends. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack, MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Do the thing, guys. Wade through the misinformation. Keep your head about you. <laughs> We're glad to celebrate America with you every week and disagree with you if that's the case. I'm happy to do it. That's one thing I'm like, guys, we're, we're going to disagree. We're going to keep disagreeing. That's, yeah. It does not have to be a crisis that we disagree. That mm-hmm. part doesn't have to be the crisis. We can, and if it becomes the crisis, then we're in real trouble. So keep talking. You can handle it. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. 